Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the well, the transition episode to our new name, Deutschland Calcio. So we are just going to jump right into today's action or topics. So first up, we have a couple little transfer topics we're going to discuss before going into some Bundesliga picks. Has Bundesliga season starts in approximately? I think it's next week. Next Friday. So next Friday, it's it's fastly approaching. So you want to get our little predictions in and get ready to, and set the stage for what's to come. So first, we're going to just, just go, quickly go through these transfer topics. So the first up is Paulo Dybala signs for Roma. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought you were going to – I thought you were going to um, – whatever. Um, yeah, so I'll speak on this first and then obviously um, – it's funny because Inter is entwined in this situation because of how the summer has gone for Inter and sort of up, upgrading their squad and, and being in this on the forefront of this race from the beginning. Um, both kind of Roma and, and Inter were involved in the deal, uh, even from the start, because Roma never wasn't interested. Um, it just didn't seem possible because of, because of, of various different things. Obviously, Inter from the start, it was it was speculated. Oh, he was going to sign, and then it was like, well, actually, he's on vacation. And then, and then there was like reports about uh, Dybala telling Juventus fans at the stadium in his final match day that he'd never play for Inter. But then the contract, the contact between Inter and Dybala was was growing. It looked like it was going to be a done deal. There was some reports that he agreed on on terms which turned out not to be true. <laughs> and then from this way, that way, the other thing, Roma are interested. They had to take care of some business with uh, uh, Selleck um, and Matic and Ward did some other things uh, um, in terms of sales, uh, getting rid of some, some pieces and, and so on. Um, they were still primarily in the Dybala thing. It was constant communication. But in the end, um, Inter signed Lukaku, um, and then phased out, um, was basically taken out of the race for Dybala. I think that was a mistake personally. Um, but when that happened, his limitations, his options to do this, to make the, make the intermove, move, uh, kind of vanished. And it kind of, it was an interesting one. Napoli was an option, but who wants to play fucking Napoli? Uh, Not me. Atletico Madrid, um, who were interested, never put in an offer. Um, and then obviously I think Man United had a little interest and then Rome were interested. So in the report from a few weeks ago was that if Dybala was going to play in, in, in Italy still, he would play for Roma. Otherwise he would go overseas. And obviously, um, it's kind of that sort of Cristiano Ronaldo coming to Juventus for Juventus fan moment. I imagine it's every fucking day on that phone, uh, refreshing, 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 refreshing until the deal's done. And then you see him at the airport with uh, with the general manager, the sporting director, and stuff getting off the plane. But then, as a Roma fan, we remember what happened with Malcolm, and just because of how things happened in the past, uh, I said, "Please don't fuck this up." Um, and obviously. It comes down to the, to the very last details of this whole thing. Um, it take, takes less money um, to, to play with Roma, 
less than Inter were going to offer him, less than Juventus. Like if Juve- like the wages he is on, he could have aff- he could have still stayed at Juventus based on that. So yeah, it's very interesting how everything goes g- goes into this, and then obviously he he, he lands um, and completes the deal. Offer the number ten, but obviously if you if you want to see what he said about why he didn't take number ten, um, it's it's a very um, um, it's an uplifting piece uh, that he said, and obviously the deal got done, and, and I would say probably the biggest splash since uh, Gabriel Bastuta, which was 2001. They went on to win the league um, that year. Um, he scored 20 goals that season and, and was a big part of them doing so. Um, obviously, this changes the perspective and changes the landscape of, of the league a little bit because of uh, this wasn't supposed to happen. Um, look at Inter. You see what they have across the pitch. We know that they have quality at top to bottom, top of all in around. Um, you see AC Milan, who are still trying to get their striker, um, but not looking at alternatives. I think Club Bruges is going to listen to one more offer. If it's not good enough, to, they're going to lose it. If they get who they're after, that's going to be great. Um, but there's, they still lost uh, quite a bit in the midfield, and it's not something I think they can recoup this summer. So you look at that. You look at Juventus. Allegri's still the coach. I'm sorry. That's enough for me just to, to kind of derail them. They do have Vladovic, Chiesa, and Di Maria Pogba came in, but Roma, Roma, Juve was going to be close anyways between those two teams, um, even without this this deal. And then obviously Napoli lost Koulibaly, they lost Mertens, they lost Insigne, they lost a lot, um, and they're probably going to have difficulty getting to the Champions League. So you look at those teams floating in that area of Champions League and and the title race, and what Roma needed is a guy who can absolutely come into the scene and change things. And now you look at Dybala um, into the scene with that 21 jersey, and I'm going to buy as soon as I have, more, I have enough money. Um, you have Pellegrini, Abraham, Dybala. Now, if Dybala stays healthy, and we, we have a whole new medical staff from – not last season, the year before. We didn't have that many injuries. We had a few here and there. If we can keep him healthy – we remember what Dabala was when he was completely healthy. We were gratified by that season in 2020 before he got COVID, before a lot of things happened. And he was like, it's hard to even put it in perspective because it was like, because that, that was the year Mobile scored 30 fucking six goals. Uh, uh, I remember Papu Gomez had like 25 goal contributions that season. Ronaldo had 34 goals. Um, I believe Lukaku had a large amount of goals that season too. Uh, yeah, he did because I think that was the year. That was the year you guys – no, that was the next year. His first year, though, he had, he had 33 goals in all competition. Martinez was balling. You think of all the absolute ballers that, that performed that season, and then you look at Dybala with his 11 goals, outperformed all of them, and was able to basically hand Juventus their last title because, remember, if, if, if Lazio keep their momentum going – it's, it's, it's tough. So you look at what he can bring into a team. You look at the team he had. He's versatile. He can play anywhere. Um, in the attacking constellation, Mourinho will have ideas. And now Roma have addressed their depth. And that now they they're have Dybala in this team with Abraham and Pellegrini. And it's, it's a bigger deal than any signing we have made since 2001. And I know Abraham did his thing. 
and score 27 goals. But no one was expecting him to make the splash he did initially. And now you look at Dybala coming in here as as that number nine. You can play him underneath striker. You can play him out wide. It's going to be interesting to see how Mourinho is going to do it. But a guy who, at his best, with with the ball at his feet, can make things happen. It's magical. His P, his, like if Dybala healthy is a joke. And now you already have two world-class or potentially world-class with Pellegrini as a world-class player. Abraham is, is borderline. If he does it again, I think you could have that conversation. Then you, you have addressed the issues uh, in the back, the midfield. If, as long as they address the midfield um, before the end of summer, I think it's a real thing. And, and I think this is a second-place team. And this is the team with Mourinho that can go on and win the Europa League and the Copa Italia next season. I think they're a piece or two away from winning the league. Um, so they might, I mean, but you never know. With this intent and the aggressiveness that we've shown to do these deals, they may not win it this year, but league title is possible is a possibility um, next year. And I'm I'm being dead serious when I say that because they're only going to get better. And look, I mean, just even in terms of extending contracts and all the the way they've handled the business, and they're they're not done. They're they're continuing to kind of go after it. And, and considering the other teams that were linked to this um, thing, it's amazing that Roma even were able to to land someone of this level. And again, two years two years ago, Roma finished seventh in the league and the whole team was a mess. Now, fast forward to now, now Roma have a team that they can go win a, a tro- trophies and a, t- a title going forward. And one last thing I'm going to wrap this up with is Jacko is a club legend. He leaves Roma and it allows them the resources to find uh, a striker and sign Tammy Abraham, being able to pay him. He allowed his departure, allowed Pellegrini to get a new contract. His stay at Inter priced Inter Milan out of the deal and allowed um, Roma to go get Dybala. And again, he doesn't have to leave, and he did. He wants to obviously still compete for trophies, and I respect that. And I'm not saying he did this despite Inter or for Roma to get him in any way. But the circumstances of the circumstances, his his what he's done in his decisions the last two years has helped Roma secure two of two top players, and obviously, I think this Dybala thing puts Roma over the top, and and will be you and I will be fighting for titles very soon. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there would have been a way Inter could have still solidified the deal if we were able to make up room in the attack. Um, we would have obviously. Alexis Sanchez currently still sits on our wage belt, even though we are no longer using him. Because before the contract fully gets terminated, he wants to be sure of where his new playing location would be. But if he wasn't a part of the plans going forward, they should have just terminated his contract right after the season and been done with it. But Jekyll, that, my only point was Jekyll is, is on significantly more money than everybody else. So had he right. left, it would have freed up money for them to do it, even at the price that Roma had signed him. And I think it was $6 million with $2 million in bonuses or something like that, which was less than the, I think it was eight or nine, validation that Dybala had initially. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, oh, if, if Jekyll leaves or if Jekyll stays, that's the reason why the, you guys didn't sign Dybala. But I'm saying because of the wages he's on, it may have contributed. Right. So if and then 
obviously Pitt and Monty is still a, has sparked interest from many teams, and he's currently evaluated at forty million. So they're obviously he was holding out for Atalanta, but currently. I am from what I'm seeing over the the like past few hours of today. He it is Salertana has um put in an offer and currently have in agreement with Inter at the moment. But we'll see what happens with that. But if we were able to get him off both of those off the bill like a little bit sooner, then we would have had a real chance. But just a lot of stuff is currently at on standstill at Inter at the moment. So. It's just very difficult to like see like what's gonna happen over the next few weeks with certain things. But obviously at this point I think Inter are done currently buying players, uh, with the exception of possibly going over oh well how do you pronounce his last name? Milinkovic. Milinkovic. Yeah, Milinkovic. And Besides him, I think that's like the only other player that we're probably going to go after possibly this season, depending on how. I think it's just center back, and that's it. Plus, to be honest, you don't need a lot more. Exactly. I would have gotten him on the midfielder personally. I think there's there's more out there. I think a little a little more depth could be used in that position. But I think you're pretty as far as Serie A competitiveness, you're good all over the pitch. I think you're the best team on paper by far. Again, the game's not won on paper. the only reason I would add another midfielder is because in the Champions League, the squad depth is really important. And I think in the midfield, even though you have Brozovic and Burrell, two of the best doing it, I think the lack of depth there would be a potential issue in a Champions League setting. But for the league, I don't think you need a lot. You're, again, you're loaded, you know. But because you missed out on, you know, who um, – you do need to – I think you would need to sign another center back in case Skriniar leaves, which I don't think he will. But they need another one anyways, I think. So I think you're basically – it's just center center back or, or nothing. Yeah, exactly. And in regards to the Skriniar deal, due to missing out on Bremer, they are not listening to – they have just up his – Price tag, they're not listening to any lower offers lower than $80 million. So, because of that, what just occurred. I mean, if we had signed um, him, we would have been able to, like, say, okay, he's a solid enough replacement for Skriniar. So, if we get the original $70 million evaluation, they would have taken it. But due, just due to the circumstances, they've upped their offer because as a result, which I do not blame them. Yeah, so, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't sell him now. Unless yeah. You else. Exactly. So, it's just, so obviously, was I mad at this loss of DeMar? No, I mean, not getting him, like, disappointment-wise. Um uh, where where do you where do you stand on that? Because I know that you're not you're not crying about it necessarily, but you're not thrilled with it either. Because look at the team you have with the ball, a joke. You know what I mean? That's like a Champions League team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have Dabala. Now it just adds more competition to this upcoming season. To be honest, actually. I know a lot of Inter fans and people would love me to be pissed off about this and scream and yell and shout, but 
I ain't even mad now because obviously Lukaku. I got we got Lukaku big big rom back. We have great depth from top to bottom. Obviously, a good another center back would be fine, and maybe another midfielder for Champions League and stuff. But I mean, from top to bottom, we're still we are one of the stack, most stacked teams out there right now. Yeah, the, so like the the only thing you could say, okay, and I I'm not just saying this because I'm Rome fan. The only thing that could potentially uh, push, like, give, make you because ner- honestly, I know AC, AC are the champions. If I were you, I wouldn't be nervous at all. This this is set up for you to win, and I think you know year two under Inzaghi is going to be so much better. But the 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 potential of of, of Pellegrini, um, sorry, Pellegrini, Abraham, and Dabala. I think that's that's a, that's a real threat. And then if 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 Roma are able to sign uh, Genie Wijnaldum for their midfield, I think I think it makes it makes things a little more interesting. But as currently constructed, you have no reason to be worried. And not, I wouldn't say like not in an arrogant way not to be worried, but you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be phased by any other types of moves that are made from other teams. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, like looking at it. This now provides more competition. Yes, it provides more competition, but if you're looking at it from like an outside outsider person who doesn't watch Syria every week or does does really doesn't care about it, this will the competition itself will pique more interest versus that of previous seasons. Obviously, last season was a good season because. For most of the season until Napoli fizzled out, it was a three-dog race for the title. Then this year, I mean, depending on how things go, with how Juventus is even beefing up a little bit, and with their quality they still have, it could be Juventus, it can be Inter, it could be Milan, and it could be Roma. So you have four people who could obviously vie for the title. So it's going to provide more... I guess watchability factor for those, especially outside of Syria, who don't usually watch the league every week. So, real quick, just you just brush on this from Roma perspective. Uh, I mean, just going into the next this year and next, what it was? What is your um, opinion on the threat they can pose in the um, in the next two years? Well, obviously, this season it's going to be still hard, but for Roma to like even get the title, because obviously there are some key areas that you're kind of still weak, and just the quality in, like, say, the midfield and the defense. I know those are some. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, like beyond this season. I mean, in the future, because this this season, Inter should be comfortable. They're going to be the favorites. Whether they can handle that with the pressure, I don't know. But you have you have a team that you shouldn't have any concerns that you can't win the league. I mean, I'm talking about but a year from now, two years from now, not this season, but the years in front of this season, as far as what Roma can as an inter fan, what kind of threat they can pose. I was getting to that. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, um, so obviously this season I'm not worried about Inter not winning the title, but obviously Roma is gonna. You guys are gonna continue to work and build on those key areas. Get rid of the dead weight, and then you're also gonna try to replace them with quality talent. Because I mean, 
if you look at it, Jose Mourinho is a GOAT when it comes to trying to get deals done. Like, if he wants a player, they'll sell whoever needs to be sold just to get that player. So, with just the way Jose Mourinho operates and stuff, they're going to be a key threat in maybe one to two seasons. Because, uh, I mean, Roma now... With Dabala, you're going to move up in the table, and with the more you move up in the table, the more money eventually you could get with from certain things. So, I mean, you're, and then with that money, you're going to just continue to beef up the areas that are still currently like a key issue, like your defense and some of the players in the midfield who are usually not up to stuff, as they would say. Yeah, and you know, you look at this Roma team next season. They could easily win the Europa League and Copa Italia and finish second. I take that. <laughs> uh, I there's no there's no certainty of that, but you know, obviously, I think in a long term look at this, they're only going to get better and better and better and better. So, so I think this is good for the league. I think it's good. And again, Roma spent seven million. We we the ball was free. Matic was free. We, the only the only person that cost money is the is the uh, center back that they got from from. Um, from or sorry, uh, right back that he got from Lille. So I wonder next season um, what kind of uh, numbers uh, that rival teams will will lie to say that we spent. Because last year I heard we spent two hundred fifty million, and I'm like, what? We we because we didn't activate the purchase clause on on Oliveira, we spent less than eighty million. And the people I remember for a few weeks, people were after we won the. Uh, Conference League, everyone was getting bitter, and people were 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 were, were yelling about oh, Roma spent this amount of two hundred fifty million. Roma spent two hundred seventy five million. Where we didn't see you spend hundred million, but anyway, anyways, uh, yeah, okay, that's all I have to say on the ball. Anyway, uh, um, and speaking of other Inter prospects, we are talking about the Bremer hack job. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way. I went back to my memories, and uh, obviously Elliot mentioned earlier that he went through this whole situation with Malcolm from Bordeaux. Bordeaux and Roma had an, already had an agreement, and things were going well. And then they just another. I, I can't remember what was the team. It was Barcelona. They but what happened was they had agreed it. It was announced from both that he's going to get on a plane to Rome. And then somebody told his agent said that Barcelona had also agreed. So they pulled out the deal and they, they sold him to Barcelona. I think we dodged his bullet because he wasn't anything special for Barcelona. And then he, he went to, I think he plays in, in like Russia or the Ukraine or something like that. So, um, but anyways. Obviously, with that, karma bit me in the ass. Or enter in the ass, I should say. Because I was the one who kind of made the comment. But Inter went through a similar situation with Bremer of Torino. We are obviously Inter are currently looking for another center back option. Especially since that area is kind of like then. Obviously you have the main starters. Bestoni, DeVry, and, Be- and uh, Skriniar. But the problem is some of the other defenders that we have are getting old or just don't get the playing time and it's just really difficult to keep them in fitness along with making sure they're doing what they need to do. So a good, he, obviously Bremer was a great option for that deal. Um, but 
Inter and Torino had already agreed terms, like, I think it was, like, five months ago or something. And then all of a sudden, like, closing, it comes to the day of the deal of both sides and stuff. But Juventus puts in an offer. And obviously, they're offering way more money while Inter was offering, I do believe, 35 million plus one of our youth academy talent. And then- what are you about to offer? Uh, 45, 50, 50, 55, I think, isn't it? I, I think it was like $40, mil, 40 million and then inter with a little bit more money. But then they went to 45, actually. It just topped out at 45, and obviously money talks, so they went with that. And so Bremer is now a Juventus player. So what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, we still have Skriniar, we still have Bastoni, and we still, if he's able to kind of get back into form and kind of, like, show us what he was during our Scudetto winning season, we still have DeVry. And I mean, we also, if we absolutely need him, we have Danilo D'Ambrosio, who still got, who is, <clears throat> go ahead. Wait, didn't he leave? No, um, that I do believe that was Rano Chia that left. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay. All right, I, I get those things the, all the time. As they call him the frog. Um, so I mean, you said D'Ambrosio obviously doesn't get the playing time much anymore, but when he plays, he still shows that he's got a, a lot of life in him. Um, obviously, like I said, Bremer was going to be a great option for the defense if we needed some of the like say Bastoni was injured but no, obviously no, no, no. he would not have gone in as a sub he would have gone straight into the starting 11 you're not paying 45 million or 40 whatever what the case may be he would have started instead of, of, of DeVry I mean your opinion fair enough but you lost a chance to sign one of the best center backs in the league you do realize that it's, it's not just like oops oh I guess we'll, we'll do something else Inter, again, Inter is still probably going to win the league. You're fine defensively. I get all that. But you still let Juventus take <laughs> your number one target, who are your biggest – one of your biggest biggest rivals. So if if Bremer was going to go to Inter, it would have been straight into the starting line. Because if you look at the season he had last year at Torino, ridiculous. They don't call him bulldozer for no reason. He's a hard defender to to have have away with in the box. Yeah, that's you make a good point. But I'm, yeah, I'm not trying, I, I didn't mean to take a shot. I'm just I'm just trying to give you the hopeful picture. Right. But yeah, it either way, it's just like with how a lot of, like I said, even with the whole Dabala deal, there's just been a lot of I guess mess going on with Inter with like the uh, obviously money is currently an issue. Did you hear the what, uh, the news about saying Wait, what? What happened? Apparently, I don't know because it's. Oh, I, I don't trust Yahoo News at all. But there's a couple. Either. There's like a couple sources saying that he took out a loan and he has like two hundred and fifty million something to a, a loan to pay off or something like that. And it's like it's just a whole mess with how things are going. But we'll see what happens. I hope we can at least fetch to like sign a deal with us because. Even though he's not to the, he is close enough to Bremer, 
and would definitely be a great addition to the team, but we'll see how, like, the financial side of things go. But, I mean, we'll just see what happens. Yeah. And then we have one final transfer deal before we get into the, our Bundesliga picks. Um, obviously, Sassuolo has just um, sold uh, Skamaka to West Ham. So what was your thoughts on this? Um, I think this is a great deal for both parties. Um, you know, as good as Sassuolo was this last season, they weren't anywhere near pushing for these European spots, at least in a real way. Um, they had they had a good thing going with Berardi, Skamaka, and Respidori. Um, it was only – it was just going to happen. Um, they pay – Sassuolo had a price. They stuck to the price, and, and West Ham was like, all right, let's do it. Because uh, West Ham needed someone like that. They're going to be challenging for potential Europa League and, and, and Conference League spots um, next season. Um they don't really have a striker that you go like, okay, he can get, he can handle, handle business up top um, because they, they're, they're a very good team all around. Um, I know, I know I've, I've, I've given them a little, a uh, little bit of a criticism, but it's not, it's not even West Ham. It was the example I used for Bundesliga mid table versus Premier League mid table versus La Liga mid table. And West Ham just happened to be the, the, the uh, example that I used, but I, I really like what they're doing and with Skamaka there and they've already made a couple good signings. Um, I think he's the type of player that's very athletic. He, he's not, he's a little skinny, but, but I think he can handle the, the, the physicality of the Premier League. And, and, you know, I, I have nothing but respect for the Premier League. We know where I rank it, but, but I got, I got love for that league. Um, I don't find it um, the most entertaining. Um, so, so typically, I'm not going to um, watch. I'll, I'll watch a good amount, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch games a lot of the time just because I, it's just not the style of football that I enjoy. Um, and I don't really have emotional ties to very many people or teams in that league. But it's not that I don't love it. I think I still think it's like really high quality and and I can I could say a thousand nice things about the Premier League, but Skamanka being at West Ham is intriguing to me, and is definitely a team I'm going to be keeping my eye on, and I want him to do well and, and smash it out of the park. Um, we're talking about the next generation of Italy. Um, Skamanka is going to is, is going to be potentially an attacker that we build around because we we know the issues we've had with the striker position at the Italian national team. We got a guy there that could be could be an answer to our future problems as far as an Italian national team. And I think it's going to be, it's a good, a lot of money, but I think, I think West Ham's really going to like him. I think the Premier League are really going to like him. And I think um, it will be a good uh, campaign for Serie A quality if he does well. So I'm really hoping he smacks it out of the park. He's a, he's a Roman Roma Academy graduate who who's thrived in the last couple of years and, and really proving to be um Something really special, and uh, you know, uh, I think he's he's got he got he has good knack in front of goal. He's very athletic, and I think the Premier League defenders will be a little more physical, but I think he'll 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 find ways to score goals and be uh, a top player there. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered all the bases, but yeah, I mean, Skamaka is a great quality player. I mean, we've seen what he did with Sassuolo over the past few seasons. He is just. After graduating from the Roma Academy, he has flourished there. 
and just like really gave Italy a really great look of what they have to offer and hopefully he the Italy team watches and is able to like say hey maybe we should get him on the squad and give him finally let him get a chance to shine for the national team but I mean obviously West Ham you're getting a great quality player and this is just going to make you guys more stronger and we'll see how things go with you I yeah. if you, I mean I love I like I, now this is like I said Obviously, we still respect Bill, but now I'm going to be also keeping an eye on West Ham just to see how Skamaka does, does every week because just finally being able to showcase what Syria has had to offer is just going to be, I get hope it brings the interest over to us at some point. Yeah, and he needs to do well, though. It's not just, it's not a campaign if he doesn't thrive, and I think he will thrive. And, and you know, I think it's important because I was – I was um, I was listening to the True Doherty and Lawrence McKenna. Um, they did a YouTube video on uh, Newcastle potentially what the what their ceiling can be with all, all the money that the that has come in and what they've done and, and sort of the way they handled themselves last season after Eddie Howe came in. And now you, you you're looking at at teams in that area. You got West Ham United, you got uh, Leicester, you got Wolves, and you got West Ham. And I think the difference between those two teams is with West Ham, if, if Skamaka works out and does well, that's a type of player that is really can make a big difference in terms of fighting for Europe, Europa League, uh, and champ, uh, not champions of it, but European spots. Um, I think Man United are probably a little, probably, a, actually, I don't know. They could even potentially finish ahead of Man United. I don't think so, but, but especially to competing for that area of the table, as we know how close it was in Italy last year, separated by literally the finest of margins a player like that who does well in England can be a, can be a huge thing, especially for what West Ham are, are going to try to do next season. Yeah, exactly. And now for the Deutschland side of things on this podcast, we are going to be doing our Bundesliga picks. So Elliot is going to go do his list and then I'll give mine right after. Wait, how many have you done? Just four or five? I've done, that? I've done, five all right so i'll we'll do mine up to five and when when we hit five we go back and forth okay sounds good but i want you to okay i'm gonna say an 18 but then then you 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 ask me whatever questions you want to ask me but you set it up for me to do the next team just so i don't have to to, to change to to do it you get what i'm saying all right and i will be right back i gotta take care of something with Really quick, I'll take a note of like where I paused it. Okay.
Okay. I'm back. All right. So just just set me up. Say, Elliot, who do you have in 18? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, who do you have in your 18th slot? Uh, this one hurts me. Um, this is it. I'm going to say the team first. So you you don't have to allude to what I'm talking about. In 18th, I've heard of Berlin. This one hurts me. One of my favorite stadiums in the Bundesliga. Um, a, a team that's been around a long time. I think the oldest team to date in the league. They are an identity of the Bundesliga. They're a club that has always been there. Um, there wasn't. It wasn't that long ago where they were the big boys in Berlin um, until Union Berlin came into the league and did some some incredible things. But it's it's a team that has respect and admiration and and have been around a long time. But I just don't see a way for them to survive. Um, they're in the attack. They have Piontek, they have David Salke, and uh, that's basically it. Um, I don't know, and I can't really say that I believe that they can score enough goals to survive. Uh, I think they have a good goalkeeper who's done a decent job, so that's a good thing. The back line is is probably their strong suit to a certain extent, um, with Derek Boyata there um, and Plattenhart uh, out wide uh, as a left back. I don't think if you're a team who is who is going to survive the season and you're going to be those bottom areas of the table, that your best player can, is your center back. I don't think that can happen. They got n- almost nothing in the midfield. And up top, I just don't think they have the goals. I don't think they defend well enough. And remember, this team almost got relegated at the end of last season. And I think they used all the energy they possibly could to survive the last two seasons because they, they've been close to relegation two years in a row. Kind of classic Genoa. When when are you going to get relegated? I do think that 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 every every ounce of sweat in that sponge has been totally rained out. And I think this season they I just don't see a, a pathway for them to 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 survive. And they they've made some decent signings, but not enough that's really going to convince me. Okay, they're gonna they could potentially survive. And I, I just don't see a pathway for them to to continue. And it's unfortunate, but. And and maybe they'll be back in a couple of years. But this season, I think, I think there's an eighty percent chance they're not gonna, they're not going to survive. The rest of it, the rest of the the rest of the table, I think, or the rest of the teams at the bottom, I think you could argue one way or another they could survive. I I don't see a pathway at all for them to survive. And and I think it's it's unfortunate, it's sad, but but it is what it is, and that's what I'm going with. <laughs> okay, who do you have in seventeenth? Okay, here's the thing. Warner Brennan, um, I don't like them. <laughs> um, I think they're an irrelevant team that that uh, um, in the Bundesliga that um, doesn't offer a lot, but but there is a way for them to survive. Go, they have a very good goalkeeper with uh, Plavenka. Their uh, defense is is good. It's it's not great. But it's good. But I like the addition of Nicholas Stark. Um, I like some of the other defenders that they have in that team. They got one piece in the midfield that I like. But the problem with him is he's box to box. And if you're a team trying to survive, trying to, to extend your stay in, in the German top flight, you need a midfielder that is dynamic enough to create chances for you. And I just don't think they have it. In attack, they had... I think the Bundesliga's second top scorer last season with 20 goals, but he is a classic 
the Division Two score. He has two, three goals in the Bundesliga his whole career. He's only played a few seasons, but I just don't see that his goals are going to translate to that. Um, so for that reason, I don't think I don't know where the goals are going to come from. With 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 Hertha Berlin, there is a there is a lot of problems. There's a lot of issues that you can say this is why they're not going to survive. With with this team, I think there's only one legitimate reason, and I just don't think they're going to score enough goals. I think their defense is good enough, and I think their goalkeeper is good enough to keep them in games. I think they'll get some shutouts. They'll get some good points across the board. I think they'll have an opportunity to survive. But, but without a goal scorer up top that can, that can deliver at least 10 goals, I think they're going to have a serious problem trying to survive and, and pull it off. But, but I'm, I'm painting this picture because it's, it's really that close. One striker up top, a guy that you 10, I think it changes the, the picture completely. Does, do I relegate someone else instead? I don't know. But I think their biggest problem is not enough goals. Defense is in the midfield is terrible. Midfield is awful, but defense the defense is good enough to shut the people out and to get points. The attack offers nothing, and the midfield has one component. But the defense is good enough to hold people off. And remember last year, uh, for, for much of the season, uh, Salernitana had, wasn't scoring any goals, but they occasionally get a point here and there. So that's important, but I, I do think that they're going to – they're not there's not enough goals in this team to, to for me for me to believe that they could survive but if they were to survive I would not be shocked but I think if you're if you're taking this out you got you got to figure out who else is gonna who's gonna get relegated instead and I think you make those matchups in your head and I, I think lose everyone because without a goal score up top I think it's gonna be really difficult and number 16. Number 16 is – got to walk back to my computer. Um, I, ha- I feel really bad about this because they have a lot of good p- good players. Um, but Stuttgart. Um, Sasha Kalajic is still there. So, at full health, probably going to prep his move for this next club after the season. I think if he gets back to his form from two years ago, we could be in for, for something special. He had 17 goals two years ago. Last year he had seven but missed like three quarters of the season. Um, defensively is strong, very strong. You got you got Marvapanos, you have Ando, you have Ito, you have uh, Anton. I think they have got very good defense. Um, the goalkeeper I like a lot, um, Florian Muller, who's proven to be a very good goalkeeper as well. Um, the midfield, it's basically kind of like the Werner thing. Um, you have uh, um, uh, you have one guy. But again, a box-to-box midfielder, not a push-to-forward, uh, creative type of midfielder in um, uh, Mangala. Um, the attack, I think, is going to be do, do pretty well. You got Sasha up top. You got Silias on one side. You got Tangai Koulibaly on the other. I think they have enough firepower to score goals. The last season, mentality and being able to hold on to leads has been a problem. And I, I do think that that's going to be an issue again. I do like the coach, um, Italian American. Um, so, but I think he's gonna. I think he, he does a really good job setting up this team and, and keeping them competitive. But I just, do, I do think they're going to be overrun in the midfield, especially with some some of the other teams in this um, situation. Yeah, definitely because I, 
even in like other leagues I've learned, like you could be, have a lot of good names on your team, but when you compare it to just like some of the other teams within that, that respectively, you just like, they're way miles ahead. I mean, you mentioned like Koulibaly, obviously not that Koulibaly. It's different different Koulibaly with the, with the letter. I believe it's the letter C in this one. Yes, it Uh, is. So I mean, he, I mean, we. I think I've seen a Stuttgart match maybe once, and he's just a, an amazing defender. But when you look at other teams, then you're going up against like the midfield of Bayern, Dortmund, and all the and the like. They're just miles ahead, and it's just really hard to keep up. So that I completely understand. Like where you're coming from on Stuttgart. I mean, they have great quality in some areas, but it's just not up to the where it would be. And obviously you can make a case for some of these teams staying, but anyway, in number 15, who do you got? All right, real quick, I want to say one more thing about Stuttgart. Um, the reason it's hard is because not Bayern. They don't have to worry about Bayern. They're going to be 40 points off, 50 points off Bayern. They need to worry about the other teams in this area. And the question you need to ask yourself if you're Stuttgart is our midfield, how does it compete with this team, this team, this team, and this team? And that's, that's, that's really what made my decision here. And this was tough because earlier I had them a bit, a bit higher, but I just look at these other teams in the midfields that they have. I'm like, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> you know, if you're just, if you're relying on one midfield to do the job for you, I think it's difficult. And obviously I think the lack of firepower in that area it's, I mean, it's great to have an attack that, that, is, that is good. The defense is good. The goalkeeper is good. So in a situation that they would get into the playoff, I think they would have a good chance to win that. But without a midfield, I think in Germany, midfield, the, the, the quality of the midfield is the most important thing to me because you can, you can win. You don't have to – you don't necessarily need a guy who scores you 25 goals or 15 goals. You can win games based on having good good – quality play in the midfield. Um, but I, I just don't have enough faith in them. So that's, again, just to, to push a little for it. So, so we had the two teams going down, uh, Ber- Berlin and, um, and Werder. We have Stuttgart maybe going down, maybe not, but at least an opportunity or a possibility to go down. And 15, Ryan, I love you, but I'm sorry. Um, and I, would, I, I, I take no pleasure in saying this. Schalke. Um, and it's 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 really close, but it there's there's just too many question marks with this team. I don't love the way they handle their business. They've made some good signings, um, but they don't they haven't made any. They made one signing that's very convincing, but then I realized I'm putting all my faith in one player to score uh, score high, uh, high number of goals. Sebastian Polter, who I rate very very highly, who I think is a great coup by by Schalke. Um, he had 10 goals with uh, Bukum last year. I don't see him – I see him at getting – I think he'll score more than 10 this year. I can, I can see him get 14, 15. But what, I'm, what you're doing with Schalke is you're going fi- to have him finishing higher. And, and again, this, it's basically coin flips the next couple spots, is you're putting this in a situation where you're asking him to do more than, than what he was originally brought in to do. So I, I don't think you can ask him to get 18, 19 goals. I think you can ask him to get 12, 13 and you'd be happy with that. The midfield's okay. It's not bad. It's not great, though. The defense is pretty – is decent. It's not – it's amazing. And I, I really like the goalkeeper that they have there. 
And I think they're not going to, so I'll, I'll say this. They're not going to have to worry about being relegated. I don't think so. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll, they'll do enough where that's not a huge thing, but I do think that they're going to, they're going to lose the Mitch, the, the midfield battle. And I'm going to continue to bring this up. The midfield is good, but if you look at the other teams that I'm going to, I'm going to mention here soon is, is those midfields are a little stronger. And I love Sebastian Poulter. And I, I think the difference maker, whether they finish 15th, 14th, 13th, 12th, will be how well he does. And I think he'll do well. But, but the rest of the team, I think there's, there's more work to be done for them to, to really position themselves in the top 12. Because Ryan wanted them to finish 12th. I don't see that that is a possibility. But, but Schalke is a big club with, with history. They, they've done well in the, in the Bundesliga too. So hopefully they, they get it going and do better than that. But I, I, as currently constructed, I, I, just, I don't see them finishing – where he would like them to, but I don't think they'll deal with relegation either. But again, everything starts and ends with Sebastian, Sebastian Polter. If he does well, then obviously they could finish higher. Um, in number 14. My, 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 14, 13, 12, 11, very, all very close. Um, but number 14, Osberg. And Osberg could shout out, you could flip those. Um, but what I have with Osberg is depth of quality in the midfield and out wide, not up top. I don't know who's going to score a large chunk of goals for them, but you know, if you just look at the the, the types of players that they have with with Ruben Vargas, they have a very good goalkeeper. Um, they have Nina Meyer, I think, is in there. They have uh, a, a multitude of different midfield options. Uh, uh, Meyer is in, is in, in that in that mix. Um, and you look at just some of the some of the, again I can't think off the top of my head, but but they have they have a very good midfield. When I was looking at it earlier, I just I just think that's a midfield that's going to cause some serious issues. Um, but again, the goals are interesting because they their top score last year nine, and he just went to Freiburg. So it's kind of like AC Milan last season, where you're asking three or four different players just to get you the goal necessary. Um, but I think the rest of their team is pretty solid. So I, I'm hoping, and this is my hope, uh, Rich, R- Richard Pepe has scored, has played 11 Bundesliga goal, games he hasn't scored. I'm hoping we see him un- unleash next season. And and because I'm kind of counting on that, I think I, I put placed him a lot higher than some of the other teams, but I really need him to step up. Um, if he doesn't, there'll be others to step up. But in terms of scoring goals and sort of being that team, their midfield's good, their defense is good, but again, lack of goals is, is my main concern. Number 13. It is Sebastian Holter's previous team, uh, Volcom. They've they lost their top scorer, or not top scorer, I think top scorer. They lost their number two top scorer, but I still believe what they have. They finished 13 last year. They did, I believe they, they beat Dortmund twice. If I have that right, they at least beat him once because I remember at the end of the season they rinsed him at the um, at the Signal Aduna Park. Um, their midfield is solid. Their attack, they still have attacking options. They're going to be fine in the attack. I think defensively they'll do enough. I think they're a good goalkeeper. I think there's there's so many things to like about Volcom. I think collectively as a team may not maybe not have a lot of big names, but they do have they do have the qualities in their team to continue to push again a little further back than last season um and i might be being a little too kind 
um, to them. But also, I might be I might be underrating them a little bit because I think they do have the capabilities to go forward and and score goals. They beat Bayern, they beat Dortmund. I mean, that's that's a serious team. And you look at um, some of the other players that they still have there. Um, I think there's there's a lot to like from their perspective, and I think they're they're in a good situation. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna struggle at times, but I think they'll they'll find ways to to be effective and and not to worry about the bottom. I think the bottom is going to be there, and they know the pressure that they'll have to deal with. But, but I, I think they're at least a C-plus in, in attack, in midfield, and defense. And I think if you're a C-plus or better in three different areas, that rounds up to like an A-minus. So for that reason, I think Volcom will find a way to, to – uh, to, again, it's not really an improvement. It's going backwards a little. Um, but uh, actually, no, I think it's around, this, uh, it's around the same spot. So, so more or less the same where they were last year. And 12th, who, drum roll, please, who we got? That's ironic because of Glogbuck. Um, I know, I know Glogbuck is your uh, a, a preference of choice in Germany. Um, I do think they will finish 12th. But I got to be honest, I don't like this team. <laughs> it, it's not like, not like, Personally, I just don't like what they have. And again, they have a better team on paper than uh, than Stuttgart, than Schalke, than Osberg, and, and Bochum. That so because of what they have on their roster, I think it is it is veering towards them finishing around this area. We all know what they have in goal. Terrific goalkeeper um, who still even at his best, can be conceding high numbers and goals from, from different different teams. Um, they lost Matthias Ginter. I don't think they quite realized the, the ramifications of that. Um, they, they, they lost, their coach is gone from last year. Their midfield is very good. Um, Florian Newhouse, top. Um, Bessemi at left back is very good. Lars Spindle is very good. Um, in the attack, I think they're just they're just again, excuse my French, but the dog bollocks. I think they have a bunch of big name strikers who don't who couldn't eat could hit couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. I mean, I, oh! just, <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> oh, that's a good that's a new joke. I actually like that one. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna use that from now on every once in a while with certain topics. No, I uh, you know what's a funny one though. I heard uh, there was this Newcastle video from many, many years ago where the true Jordy was the narrator. And he said it was like, it was like emptying, emptying, empty, sorry, emptying, emptying the Titanic with a bucket of water. <laughs> Which, so I kind of put out that. Um, I'll send you the video. It's really, really fun. Uh, but it's not that they don't have guys who can score, who are capable of scoring. I mean, we saw what uh, Mbolo did against. Um, Wolfsburg last season, we've seen Alexander play do some cool – not cool. They perform. We've seen him perform. We've seen other players in the attacking position perform. The problem is they miss so many big chances on a regular basis. If they would just finish their fucking dinner in front of goal, <laughs> I think they would have, they would have less problems. Because they, they have guys that can get them the ball. Their defense is going to be a little shaky, 
um, as it always seems to be, but even more shaky this year. Um, and the attack might be actually one of their strong suits, but I just think there's so much inconsistency in front of goal for Glockbach. And I, I, I think I might be even generous. I just look at the roster and like, well, of course they're not gonna gonna finish and below 12, but it very well could be below 12 just because in front of goal they just don't they just are so disappointed. It's like they have opportunities to win games, to be big, to to perform at a high level, and it just crumbles. Um, and again, I don't mean no any disrespect by this. I have a lot of respect for Glogbach and what they do at Borussia Park. Um, but there's, it's, it's like, they're not bad, but they're not good either. <laughs> they have potential to be, it's, it's like, uh, Bologna in Italy. You know how we're always saying this team should be so much better. That's my thought process about Glogbuck. If they could just score and finish in front of goal, they could be a some, some substantially a better team, um, so that, that's my main issue. I think the rest of the team is pretty solid, um, but but I, I just think the lack of finishing in front of goal, and again, we don't know how it's going to be this season, but last season was really, really bad in terms of finishing, and I think that's 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 going to be a huge problem for them, and I hope they, they find a way to, to not have that problem, but until I, until I see them not have that problem, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I ha I did notice that like last season when I would watch them, it was like they were doing so well for a good chunk of the season, and then just ink injuries, and then the inconsistencies just started taking over, and all you saw was them drop lower and lower and lower and lower into the table, and they ended up finishing. I do believe it was twelfth or thirteenth last yeah, season. Exactly the same. Yeah, I have them the same spot as last year. So I'm, cause I'm just, I'm just making the assumption that they have, they're good. They're a pretty good team, but I don't, there's, there's been, there was no improvement from match day one to match day 34 in terms of finish. They had a great finishing, a great, great, great performance against Wolfsburg. Their, their second meeting, they just balled out. They were, they were up two nil after like six minutes or something like that. Um, and, and still almost fucking lost. <laughs> so, so, and then you look at you look at the game against Bayern and Cup, which which they finished. They were amazing. We look at any other game. They, it's, it's like a, and getting the the um, the rivalry against Cologne. It's like they've lost. I think they haven't won like in two seasons. That used to be like six points every season, and now it's maybe one. So I think that's a problem. Yeah. But again, that's just like anything, though. It's like they have the quality; they just can't finish the fucking chances. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, but that's that's. I haven't seen them be able to finish last year or the year before. The last two years, they've fin they've had an issue in this area. And again, there's no reason for me to believe that's going to change. And if it changes, great. But until I see it change, I can't say. Kind of like remember Fiorentina, how they had great teams on paper for a long time. And only last year they truly broke into it and, and shot everybody up. They haven't yeah. shot anybody up because they're, they're missing chances left and right. But anyways. All right, ran over. Sorry about that. Sorry, Glockbox. <laughs> no worries. But number 11, well, come on down. You're the next contestant on your minds. I mean, Price is right. <laughs> 11th, I have Wolfsburg. Um, we, we obviously know they signed um, uh, our, our buddy from Bologna. Svans, uh, um, uh, um and I, Matthias Svanberg, rather. Um, obviously, I, I hate 
to see him leave. And I hate Bologna for letting him walk for nine million. I think that's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but they again, it's 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 another one of those teams. It's it's just they're just they're not terrible, but they're not good. It's like they're like stuck in in the middle of both of those things. Now, they had real issues finishing their chances and, and being uh, you know, just 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 inserting themselves. In January, they, they dealt with that. They brought in um, uh, uh, Jonas Wind from Copenhagen, who scored some big goals. They brought in Max Cruz from Union Berlin, who was able to score goals uh, in the late like stretch of the season. You have you still have Nechea there, um, both both um, Lucas and Felix, the brothers. Um, so I think their their attack is is better. Um, they lost um, um, Xavier Schlager after basically missing the whole season. Um, he, he joined Leipzig, um, but then they brought in Svanberg to replace him. I, I like the deal. I think it's a good swap in, swap out sort of thing. Um, the defense isn't great. Um, I think there's there's too much inconsistency there. On the outside, there's too much inconsistency, and I like Kevin and Babu. Actually, he's gone. Never mind. I like Baku. Um but uh, it's just not enough consistency there. They they don't, you know. And then the defensive uh, center back pairing, I like for now. I think John Brooks is a little past it and doesn't doesn't really uh, show um, something. And, and you know, I might be wrong. I don't think he's on the team anymore. But they have enough. They haven't. They, their their defense is good enough not to put them in in the bottom part of the table. But it's going to be a transition, and they have a new coach, um, and they're just going to have to find a way. And, again, I think the attack is going to be a little better this season because of the experience of, of Max Cruz, who's been around in, in the Bundesliga. I've been everywhere, um, really. Um, and I think that's, that's a hugely important thing to have. And then you have Jonas one who did well when he uh, came in in midseason. So I think, I think they're, they'll improve, but I, I still think they have a long way to go before they're – even sniffing the possibility of European football. And now we are reaching the top 10. So starting off with the spot number 10, who we get, who's joining the fray? It's carnival time, baby. Carnival, carnival, sorry, carnival time. Uh, so obviously Cologne is, is who I'm referring. Um, so Cologne did uh, lose some pieces. They've, um, but Overall, the squad is very similar. It's, it's, the, it's the same. Um, it's, you know, certain uncertainties. I think defensive is, is okay. The goalkeeper is decent. The attack is, I think, they're, they're strong suit with Modest, who's still 100 years old, and I think he's like 34, 35 this year. Um, and still scoring Bundesliga goals like crazy. I think him being there is a huge deal. I like some of the other pieces that they have surrounding him. I think the attack is good, I think. They got good midfielders that can that can push the ball up the field and, and make plays. Um, I wouldn't say that this is a, this is a borderline European team, um, but if you if you look at what everybody else in front of them did, the teams I haven't mentioned yet, um, they've upgraded their squad a little bit more precisely. And uh, with all respect, and and uh, Modest is one of the most underrated Bundesliga players of all time. Um, I can't put my entire faith into a 35 year old to score uh 20 goals like he did last season i think he's capable of it but 
if, if they were going to finish outside of the, above the top 10, I think he would have to, to be in the, the Patrick Schick, Sadio Mane area. And I don't think he's capable of scoring that volume, but I think he'll score enough to, for them to, to have a, the prospect of Europe. Um, I do believe they are in Europe this season. Um, so that's another reason I, I think that they're going to, unless they get eliminated immediately, they're, they're going to find a way to, to, to do well. But I just don't think they're – I think they're way better. Just, just so everybody knows, they're substantially better than Wolfsburg and Gladbach. I don't think it's even close. That team is way better than the both of them. But I still think there's, there's, a, a, there's more to do for them to really push um, and get to Europe. And last year was great, and it's amazing what they were able to do. I don't see – I don't – Lightning can strike twice. In this situation, I do not think they're going to finish as high as they did last year, but they will finish in a respectable spot. And I still think they have a lot of quality, but just not enough to, to really um, do what they did last year. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Making their way – this team is making their way to the ring from who knows where. But who is joining the Bundesliga table battle royale? Uh, Union Berlin. Uh, again, you could say a little low. They lost their top score from last season twice. So they lost their top score from, from last season uh, or the year before. Um, actually, I don't know if he was, but Max Cruz was their guy up top. He was, he was everything about Union Berlin uh, the year before. They lost him in January. And then um, then their, their top score just went to Nottingham Forest. I can't really pronounce his name, so I don't have to anymore because uh, <laughs> he's not here anymore. Um, he, but he's he left. He had twenty goals last season. I think six, six or seven assists. He, his goal late last season is the reason they ended up um, making the uh, making the Europa League. I think that's great for 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 Union get more European experience after the, the Conference League experience. They go out th- their way. Um, I think they, I still think there's a lot of quality there. An easy place to play. It's going to be tough. Those fans are loud. They drink uh, lots of beer, and they just they just make a ruckus when, especially when when their when their team is behind them. Uh, but I do think that uh, that they're just going to be a little because of what they lost both in uh, in last the two their best two players the last two years are both gone. I think they have to find someone else to score the goals. In. That's not very easy to do unless you have someone waiting in the wings, like certain teams do. I, I don't think they have enough to to go any further. But a top ten, a top ten finish. Well, I think is the last three years they've all finished in the top ten. If they finish top ten this year, so I think this would still be a, a good uh, situation for them. They still got the Europa League to worry about. Is another reason I push back on them going higher. But I think the twenty goals that they don't have that 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 they scored was scored last year. Um, I think they have to find someone else to do that job, and I think that's that's going to be a little difficult. But I I, do, I think it's a very good team, though. I think they'll be competitive. I don't think they'll get blown out very often. Um, so I think there's there's ambition and there's optimism about what they can do. But but this is as far as you can take them at this moment. Number eight. Um, it, that's Mainz. Um, this almost you know all these three all these three teams. Jerseys are very similar. <laughs> um, have very similar colors. Uh, Mainz is good. They lost their captain to Nottingham Forest, who just seems to be taking every fucking Bundesliga player on the planet. Um, they took three Bundesliga players of their four signs they've made or whatever. Um, not, so, so anyway, Mainz has a good team. 
it's well balanced. It's well coached uh, from top to bottom. They, they, they do have a quality side. Again, it's not a team good enough to really mess around in Champions League, Europa League, or sorry, Champions League. I think they can make the Europa League. Um, I think they have a lot. They have a lot of good pieces there. Um, but the one piece that matters the most is Jonathan Burkhart. If Jonathan Burkhart can have can improve on the on the uh, thirteen goal put out he had last season, um, and he's able he's given the luxury to to be be the primary decision maker for that team. I think they could they could do really well, maybe even better. Uh, he's only twenty two years old. Um, he's uh, last year he scored thirteen goal Bundesliga goals his first season. I believe he had like nineteen all competition, something like that. If he can get going early and he can he can do his thing and find the back in that regularly and and make the impact I think he will. I think this is that they could be a good team. And a lot of where I have them is very much based on my belief that he's going to be the breakout star of this thing. I think he will be the one that we're talking about all season as a young player that that will be the next in line to make the jump up from Mainz to a Dortmund or a Bayern or a Leverkusen or, or one of these other teams. I think he's going to show his worth, his weight in gold, and I think he's going to, he's going to be fantastic. Now, if he's, not, if he's not as good, if it's more like last season, they probably finish maybe one or two spots lower. So I still think this team is, is well-balanced and is a good situation. But I think Jonathan Burkhart, perform, if he performs at the level I expect him to, I think they could, they'll finish at least here, maybe even a little higher. So what I'm going to have you do is just really quickly go through your seventh and sixth place spots. And then after that, we'll go into our top five. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, where, where are we at? Uh, uh, so seventh, I have Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim, well-balanced. Uh, good team. Um, your favorite, Babu. This is the best Jorginho in the world. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Um, and uh, um, uh, Christoph Baumgartner, a solid player. They're going to come back teams last year, 21 points um, from losing positions. Good defense, good goalkeeper. I think their attack's going to be uh, good. They might be losing Gabriel to, to Leipzig if they lose him. I'm just assuming he's not going to be there. That's why I have them in eighth and not sixth. Because uh, I think that's how much of a, of a weight he has on that team and how good he was last season. But Hoffenheim uh, will want to keep him, but I, I don't think it's possible. So so they're going to probably lose one of their best players, but I still think they're good enough to just to, to still uh, push for the European spots. Um, and then uh, in, uh, in sixth, I have Frankfurt, the Mighty Eagles, Europa League champions. Um, it's almost the same team. Kamada is still there. Costas is still there. I don't know why those two players are still there, but they remain. Um, they just they just brought in Lucas Alario from from uh, Leverkusen as a, as a, as a solid uh, striker up top. They are have Bora Bora still there. Um, they have good defense. Uh, Kevin Trapp is one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Uh, Oliver Glasner is one of the best coaches in the league. I think there's a lot of momentum driving this Frankfurt side, and I think. The Champions League, I think, will be a bit of a distraction for them, but um, but I do still think that they're capable of, of pushing at least at least this will be a much improvement from last season because I think they finished like the tenth or eleventh. Um, but I, I think they'll get much better. But but um, 
obviously I, I don't think they've done enough to really push the this part of the table. Now we have reached a top five. This is where I get to have a little bit of fun trying to give some of what my thoughts are on some of the top five teams. Obviously, this upcoming season, this is going to be a season of learning when it comes to the Bundesliga for me. So for now, I'm just going to be doing where I think everybody's going to finish in the Europa League and Champions League spots. So I will go with also to give my wonderful podcast partner a little bit of a Talking break, I will just go with my fifth pick. And I was I actually went with Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, obviously, they have great quality from top to bottom. Obviously, not to the extent of like Dortmund and Bayern. But the quality is still where it needs to be. And they have a great, they have great quality players. They're able to execute a lot of the matches that they have with precision, especially against lower teams, but every so often you'll see them get one up on some of the teams like Bayern and, of course, Dortmund. Um, obviously, they are re the recent winners of the Europa League um, title from last season. So, I mean, this team just has a lot of good quality pieces, and obviously... They're just, I hope they're going to continue to build from here. Um, so, but I still think they'll have what it takes to finish on the cusp in the Europe, like Europe. Uh, what is it for Germany? That's it's, let's see, four Champions League, five sixes, Europa League, and seven is um, Conference League. So, I still think they'll finish in a Europa League spot. Maybe they'll push Champions League, but just based on the other teams that I will be mentioning later, I just think the quality of those teams is just a little bit more, but they still will ha finish in a in the European competition picture. All right. For fifth for me, I think um, for, for me, it's a no-brainer. I, I wanted to believe that I could make the Champions League because of the, the – the what's going on with uh because words i don't think is going to be back until uh january but i just couldn't do it i think it's um it's freiburg um christian strife is the longest tenure manager in the bundesliga he's done a impeccable job with that team they were in the champions league spot for much for part of the season last year it was really a dogfight in the end by uh with them in leipzig and it was just so unfortunate Last game of the season, an opportunity to make the Champions League. Who do they match up with? Bayer Leverkusen. Patrick Schipp, Moussa Diaby, and company. I just thought it was fucking brutal. But it is what it is, and it happens. Um, so they, they barely miss out. They went to the, the final. They went to the, the final in, um, in the German Cup. And who did they lose to? The team that beat them, for, beat them to, to, take the champion, to take the final Champions League spot. And obviously losing in penalties is brutal there, there too. Um, but – they lost um, Nicola uh, Slaughterbeck. Um, brought in Matthias Ginter for free. Um, I still think they have a lot of quality. Uh, um, Vincenzo Graffo just resigned. They have they have they're just quality top to bottom. I think they're well coached. Uh, Christian Strife might look like he's uh, you know like he maybe he should retire soon. He's getting a little old over there, but he's done a terrific job beating beating them beating. Um, uh, you know, top teams and, and proven to be a, a, a top quality 
type of thing. And I think their attack doesn't have any big names, but they score goals. They, they do what it is. They defend extremely well. Again, uh, with with Ginter there, they're, they're going to still have um, Lionheart, who's probably my favorite defender in the league. Um, and I think it's not going to be the same as last year, but I do, I do think they're going to be a difficult team to score on. And again, like I said before, well-coached, and I think uh, fifth place is, is just granted for, for them. In fourth place, I have Leverkusen. Um, this is a team that has, from when I first, obviously, I, I'm not getting into Bundesliga until, like really intensely until this season, obviously. But when I first started getting into football, this was a team that would be more in the mid-table range, but have since really started to build on what they have. And just recently, they've been taking it to a whole nother level. And obviously, they finished, I believe, in the top four. They finished third last season. Yeah, they finished third last season. So, I mean, obviously, there's a couple other teams that I still think will finish above them, but they still have the gr- a good amount of quality to be able to sustain another spot in the Champions League. Um, and, I mean, you have – I mean, I'm still trying to remember who's the names Schick. on that. Schick. You have um, – Diaby. Yup. And then a whole bunch of other players that – and then obviously the coach has really helped build this team to what he wants, and they're just going to continue building and working with what they have. So with that, Leverkusen is going to be taking my fourth position. Let me ask you something. So Florian Wirtz, you haven't seen a lot of them, but based on what you've seen – in the limited amounts, if he was if he was ready to go from from day one, no injury, would would you have them higher than fourth, or do you think this is just fourth? Or cut cut down the middle. Depending on if he's like comes in ready to go, and uh, he's not going to. But if he was fully healthy, would you have them higher than fourth? I'm just curious. It's okay if it's not the Go ahead. I mean, I probably would, but we'll just see what happens on that one. Yeah, I'm, I am on fourth too. But I got news for the audience. If if I if Florian Wirtz was healthy completely, I think I I would have picked him to finish second. That's how highly I rate him and how important he is to that team. Without him, it's not going to be as good. But again, they're still loaded, man. Uh, Patrick Schick last year had the second most goals in the league, um, and they ran a stat that represented the. Uh, the most uh, high quality chances or something. I, I, no, it was, it was, it wasn't high quality chance. It was um, efficiency in front of goal. Patrick Schick was number one in the league ahead of Robert Lewandowski, who ironically was not in the top five. That's because there's obviously reasons for that, but, but that just shows the quality of him. If he's healthy all year, that golden boot, that Sayo Mane probably has his eye on, that other player is going to have his eye on. I think Patrick Schick is, is a coin for to win to be top scorer. I think Diaby's still there. You get another year out of him. Bellarabi's still there. You have Jonathan Tao in defense. Good, good, uh, good goalkeeper. I think they're well balanced. I think they're very, very good. And I think their mafia boss type coach is not because he, he acts like a mafia boss. He just looks like one. Uh, I think they're there. He's going to do a really good job. This team champions league next season. I think that will be a little difficult for them. So, for that reason, and the lack of health from Florian Wirtz, um, I think that's going to dip them a little. In third place, I got Borussia Dortmund. 
the reason is obviously they just lost their main goals in Erling Holland. Obviously, they still have a lot of good key pieces with that team, but just due to the loss of Holland, who is pretty much scoring most of their goals, it's going to be fairly difficult. Or, oh, well, I wouldn't say fairly, I would just say somewhat difficult to figure out where those goals are going to come from team basis because some of the others like I said they have a lot of good quality strikers but sometimes those strikers can at times be a little inconsistent so I still think they have the quality and depth to be able to finish in the top three but I don't see them like really going full at it like they have in recent years I got Dorman third but I think they would finish second and I think I, I'll be honest here. But if if Sebastian Haller didn't have his ongoing unfortunate situation, we've watched him a speedy recovery and all that. If he could go from game one, this team is better without Erling Holland than with Erling Holland. Erling Holland is a superstar. Dortmund is not a superstar uh, level. Uh, sorry, they're they're not a superstar driven team. If you look at the greatest success that Dortmund has had. It was not through one person. The last two years, it was through Holland. So I think Dortmund have a, have a chance to be better over the next couple of years without him than they were with him. The problem is now Sebastian Haller will probably not play this season with his ongoing um, tumor. Um, you can look it up. It's, it's very sad. Um, mm-hmm. But Dortmund covered their bases. They got the kid from Salzburg. The, the one that scored against Bayern, he's there. He was, he, I think it was going to be Holler and him together. So now you're asking him to do the business. You also have um, Danielle Malin who's there, and I think he'll, he'll be in much season with a more open style of play. You got Julian Brand going to build the whole thing around him, and everything they're doing has gone into that. They got a good mid, uh, defensive midfielder from, I think it was uh, Mainz. They fixed their um, defensive issues with um, with Schlotterbeck and um, from Freiburg and Sewell from Bayern. They fixed every possible issue that they could have addressed. I think defensively they're going to be much stronger, but without Holler from game one onwards, I think it's going to be um, much more difficult. I still think they'll have a great season, but I just don't think they're they're capable of, of a top two finish this season. In second place, I have RB Leipzig. Um, This is a team that continues to grow and build on what they have available. Obviously, sometimes they'll lose a couple key pieces here and there, but this is a team that if they get rid of quality, they always in quality. So this is a team that I do believe will keep my top spot, obviously, we all know where I'm going with it. I think we're all going in a fucking direction, to be honest with you. Yeah, we all know where this direction's going, but, I mean, they're going to keep... I think they're gonna, the ones that are really going to give my... T- oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to give my top spot to, obviously, Bayern, but I'll get into reason. But I think they're going to keep Bayern on their toes a little bit more than, like, Dortmund would, but... Obviously, when you look at my number one spot, obviously Bayern, they're still stacked from top to bottom. I mean, you have a lot of your key players coming back. You have 
Sa- the Sane and Mane connection going on. Then you have Mueller. Um, oh, yeah. They, I mean, I could, I could just tell you the whole roster. Like, yeah, I know you told me the whole roster like a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, either way, it's you got like a, uh, they still have the quality, they still have the depth. So I mean, there's no reason why Bayern cannot get their 11th title unless something dramatic happens where like all their players get injured. But that's never gonna happen. So with that, those were my top two: Leipzig and Bayern. Yeah, Leipzig is is a shoo-in for number two. I do think they'll put pressure on Bayern. And Cuckoo's there for one more season until somebody pay his his release clause in the summer, which is how much is that? Sixty. Not bad. So I think anybody who needs again, anyone who needs that type of player next summer, um, will will want to go after and do that. And um, I just hope it's not Bayern (laughs) because we're going to be sitting here for five years time and still going to be buying Munich again. Um, But uh, yeah, Leipzig have what it takes. They're Limers is still there. There's still time for them him to go to Bayern Munich, <laughs> but he's there for the moment. You have Nkuku back, who's coming out of the best season in his career, he's player of the year. Um, defensively, they're, they're they're good. It looks like they can get David Rom. They're going to lose one of their center backs. It looks like to um, PSG, I believe. Uh, but top to bottom, I think this is the team that will pose the biggest threat to Bayern Munich because of the way they play, the way they space. The way they play, especially under Dominique Tesco, I think he's terrific. One of the best coaches in the league, um, and I, I do think that he is. You know, he's he's just, he's just he's the man to, to take forward. They won their first trophy last season. I think they're only going to continue to push and push into those those spots. And I I do think the pressure will be put on Bayern Munich. Um, I think they have the team to do it. I think they have so many things that can that could be potentially damaging to Bayern Munich. Um, but again, Bayern Munich are arguably one of the best two teams in the world, so it's hard to to bet against um, those guys. But in second, I have Leipzig. Yeah, I know you have Bayern first. Explain why you think Bayern's going to win. Just briefly. What? I said I know you. I know you have Bayern top. Um, and remember, they lost Lewandowski. Uh, but um, just give just give me a few few reasons why you think they're going to win the league. I already gave them already. I just did second and first are all in one little package. Okay. All right. Then let me ask you this. Without Lewandowski, what do you think? How do you think that uh, Bayern will deal with that? I mean, it's not really that hard to like really think of it. I mean, you have. Yeah, you only 50 goals. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I mean, now this forces everybody to work as a cohesive unit. I mean, you have, I think, who. Sonny's the striker, right? Uh, he'll be playing up front if that's what you mean. I don't actually don't know. I don't know how my uh, my my man uh, Nagelsmann is going to line up, but he will be close. He will be in the attack up front, probably. Yeah. So I mean, you have Mane, who's capable of scoring goals. You have Sonny, who's joining the fray. I mean, you have. Um, Mueller, who's cont- even though he doesn't never really put up the numbers, says Lewandowski he can put up the goals behind the net. The goals are going to come from somewhere, and it's going to be come from working as a team. So, I mean, even though they lost Lewandowski, they got a bunch of talent that is capable of picking up the slack and keeping their title in the, the title in the trophy cabinet. 
So, I mean, there's really, it's it's not like they lost someone major. Because, I mean, if you look at the team, it has a lot of depth in all areas of the game. Attack, defense, and midfield. So, I mean, either way, the loss of Lewandowski is irrelevant just based on what you see from that, like, group that they have over there. Yeah, I won't go that far. I'm not going to say it's irrelevant. Um, the guy was is the second all-time top scorer. Um in the Bundesliga history, um, obviously, look, it's a big loss. We can't pretend that it's not, but it's a loss they can deal with. Once upon a time, <laughs> once upon a time, there was a guy named Thomas Muller. The Thomas Muller we see and the Thomas Muller I grew up with are not the same player. Thomas Muller in in the last in your last six seven years, for the most part, he is known as a creator. Not it. He's not. Correct me wrong. You knew you haven't known a Thomas Muller to score. 20, 20, 30 goals a season, correct? Nope. All right. So, so the reason he has played the way he adjusted his game because Lewandowski went was started so well at Bayern and was a 30 plus goal score pretty much all the way through. And Mueller decided to take a step back and be a creator, feed the beast, and let everything happen. Now, I don't know if this will happen because we don't know how Bayern are going to play it, but Mueller can go back to the 20 plus goal score um, that he is. He's capable of that, and he's he's shown it. He's shown it so many so many different occasions. He's able to do that. Now, when he, if he goes back into that role, you could play with him and and Mane on one side and, and Sonny on the other, or Oman or Jamal Musiala. I mean, the, the the names are endless. You look what they did with with Marcuse from free from Ajax. You look at what they did with Ryan Vanderbridge from Ajax. Um, you look at what they did with, with Sané, spent the best uh, out of anybody, and I think they're just they're just an impo- they're going to be incredibly difficult to beat. I think that they're arguably one of the best couple teams in the world. Uh, Lemondowski will be a loss, um, but I still think this team is capable of winning absolutely everything, even with his departure. So that. Uh, obviously, this brings us to the conclusion, um, but obviously we'll be back next week where since about then the week after the Bundesliga starts, Syria, our wonderful Serie A starts up again. So next week we will be coming in with our Serie A predictions. But obviously until then, on behalf of myself and Elliot, we'll see you ladies and gentlemen on the next one.